Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thanks for stopping by. Let's talk stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all let it grow together. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to uh, Let It Grow. This is episode 12. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit about some of the things going on in the market. Um, The Russell 2000 has uh, entered correction territory, so they are down about 10%. And that's uh, the Russell 2000 is just the small cap, the smaller companies valued under like $2 billion. Um, the kind of up-and-comers that often are growth stocks or just smaller companies that are uh, a lot quicker to move and make moves on uh, like a new new trend or one new product. And if they make that new product, they tend to be doing great. Um, where, you know, if Johnson & Johnson does one product and, you know, it might help them, but these guys rely solely on like generally one or two moves or one big contract and that'll kind of determine the, the focus of the company and how they're looking. Um, but this index is kind of like the Dow Jones or the NASDAQ, where it's a, a mixture of all the companies that fall into that category of being a, a small cap uh, company. So they're down about uh, 10% overall. And uh, it's definitely something to take a look at. Like I said, we have been ro- rotating back to some of those growth names. Um, you know, a lot of people are fearful in September. It tends to be a dead month for for the market. Um, a lot of times on and in the past, the average in the end of the month has dropped significantly uh, during like the last two weeks. I think at the sixteenth or seventeenth of the month is generally the low point, and then fourteen days later, it tends to start coming back and rotating back to some growth. So. September's known as that that lull time. It's not really a time that a lot of people want to be in the market. So you do see a lot of selling just based on that trend of just being a downward month. Uh, so you see some of that. Some of the people do pull out of these these uh, small cap names and just sit on the sidelines and kind of let the uh, the market settle out. And then they'll they'll start getting back to them, uh, you know, for the holidays, things like that, when when things have, have calmed down. So, you know, we could definitely see some buying towards uh, the beginning of October. Some of these names could skyrocket. Um, you know, it, it's definitely a time to be uh, have your thumb on the pulse of what's going on. So one one thing I'm looking at uh, out of China right now, uh, NEO, NEO uh, EV, they, uh, the Chinese government, well, NEO, Li Auto, and Xpeng, um, we're just basically picked to be the three that China wants to push as uh, the front runners of the EV industry. Um, I'm reading an article here that uh, it says that China vows to consolidate its bloated electric vehicle industry and its big three are poised to benefit. Uh, so they, they basically um, want these three names to be the front runners of the industry uh, you know, in the U.S., that is not going to be something that we're going to see. Everyone's kind of got their fair shot and let the market decide who's going to have that leading spot. But in China, they can do a lot of different things to make these companies, um, you know, the front runners. And 
China has already backed NEO. They pretty much brought them out of bankruptcy and pushed them to the front already. So I've been in this one. I'm in it pretty heavy. Uh, it's a it's a pretty big position for me. Uh, I believe it's about four percent. I can I can double check that here in a second. But you know when uh, NEO was actually brought to the table to come up with subsidies for people buying EVs. So when when the Chinese government wants something to work and they want that company to come up with the programs that uh, are going to benefit the consumers and the government, uh, I definitely see it as as a front runner. Um, you still have a lot of uh, volatility and unknowns with China. It's definitely a, a spot that you do have risk. But I, I think when you see these articles come out that China wants them to be one of the top three, it definitely, to me, symbols symbolizes that you you've got the the backing of the government and that they want them to succeed. Uh, so that definitely helps. It makes me uh, more bullish, more positive on the company overall, and it definitely you know eases some of the some of the tension and some of the fears that are out there as to where China is going in the EV space and how many companies have been out there. Because I mean, let's face it, last year. Anything that was related to EVs or solar were, were taking off and you couldn't lose money in them. Whether it was a SPAC, one of those special purpose acquisition companies uh, like Workhorse or CCIV or, you know, pick one. None of them were ever punished. So one of the, the big trends of last year was that the EV industry as a whole was pushed forward uh, kind of as we had a change here in uh, the presidency and the EV industry was um, more to the forefront. And we had, you know, the government and GM and Ford saying that they vowed to have X amount of percent of their vehicles be uh, EVs or non uh, ICE uh, internal combustion engines in their lineup by 2030 or 2035. So we really saw that shift and that kind of conversation move towards everyone's going to be EVs and you can't go wrong with this. Uh, now, since then, a lot of that has pulled back. Um, there's been definitely some of the smaller companies um, like Workhorse or Fisker have certainly been punished throughout this time to where, you know, we had to kind of reassess, you know, who's going to be the, the top dog here in the States or abroad, um, you know, like Neo is expanding. They have um, been looking to hire people in the Americas, as they put it, for uh, generally expanding over here. But they had just some uh, different people that they've been hiring around the world. I think they're uh, getting into Europe and Norway, I believe it is. But they've got different things around the world that they're trying to expand into. And I mean, China being the biggest EV market right now, and then slowly getting into Europe, into the Americas, I, I think, you know, they've got a, a lot of room to run. Uh, so like I said, it's a big position for me. And when you see these uh, articles come out, especially from someone like China that, you know, I'll, I, I don't put anything past them. But I mean, when you see this, it, it certainly helps ease that tension and know kind of in a general direction where they want to take these companies. And the fact that Neo's already... Uh, looking to hire in different places and they're building different places that it certainly helps you know that this is going to be a front runner and they do have the technology. Uh, you know, they have some of the highest uh, 
battery uh, uh, charges per per charge of uh, any of the EVs out there. And then they have the uh, the battery swapping technology instead of uh, like Tesla, you have to plug in and you have to charge for, I, I, I forget the exact numbers, a couple hours or even 30 minutes to go, you know, another, you know, 100 miles or, or whatever the numbers are. Uh, Neo has a system where they will swap the batteries out uh, and they can, they just came out with a new system that will swap the batteries in three minutes versus the old system was eight minutes. And now they have these different charging stations set up around China to swap the batteries. And uh, it's certainly something that takes up less space. It's more um, user-friendly to where they can get back on the road in less time. And when you own the battery, uh, you can also finance the battery separate of the car, or you can buy the battery separate to where when you're buying a new car, you don't have to pay for the battery. So it's, it's a bit different of a setup. They have a more um, a loyal customer base in the fan, and from the standpoint that when you have the battery, it's a $10,000 savings when you go to buy another car. So it's certainly something to look into if, if you haven't. I mean, the EV space is, like I said, definitely very uh, bloated and there's a, a lot of different competition. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this article here and they're, they're bringing up different ads for different companies and I'm seeing Polestar and, um, you know, the, the Lee auto and everything else that's on here. And there, there's definitely a, a, a crowded space here, but you know, if, if you got to pick one, that's going to be great in China, one of these top three that they're picking Neo, Lee auto and Xpeng are a good spot to look and do some more research on. All right. Uh, in crypto news, we got, a. uh, Pretty rough market here the last week or so. Um, Cardano, the uh, Alonzo update went into effect yesterday. Um, I've seen some news outlets saying it's a sell the news event, but truthfully, the the prices have been uh, pretty volatile, but trading around that 250-ish mark on uh, ADA Cardano. Um, I, it's definitely tough to see the the sell-off and, and how hard it it uh hit my portfolio, but, uh, I think we definitely had a lot of, um, a, a big rise here in the past couple of weeks. And then, you know, last week, the big sell-off, I think it was last Tuesday. Um, and you know, now we're, we're trying to find a bottom. I think we're consolidating. Um, we haven't really tested any real new lows since like last Tuesday, Wednesday, we've been kind of trading sideways more or less with some some volatile days, but we are certainly kind of finding that ground of where we're trying to find some support to go up from here. I think, um, you know, it could, it could break down. We could go back to some of the lows we saw, you know, earlier this summer. Um, but I, I think overall we've been fairly, fairly stable here. So hopefully this Alonzo hard fork news was not a sell the news event. And I don't see any real, crazy sell side pressure on the order book. Um, so I think that we're, we're getting to the point where we're finding that bottom and hopefully we can start taking off from here and, and get back to something new as a new high, as this Alonzo hard fork, uh, unfolds, the smart contracts are out there 
and all the uh, the, the DeFi space kind of starts using the uh, Cardano network to build these uh, projects that they're doing. Um, Ethereum, we're, we're down around 3,300 as I'm reading this on uh, Monday the 13th, around 5 p.m. Um, so, you know, we're... We're down where we were last week. You know, I think last week we tested 3,050. So we're a little bit above that. You know, we're certainly off the highs, you know, 15%, 20% roughly. Uh, so we're definitely down, uh, but we haven't tested that 3,200 or that 3,000 level to where the uh, EIP 1559 kicked in and started making Ethereum more uh, deflationary to where we're burning more of the currency than uh, we had been before. And the, those fees have been uh, kind of reduced as far as uh, how the miners get paid. And once we see Ethereum 2.0 roll out and the smart contracts come out on that platform, uh, I think you know we'll, we'll definitely be more deflationary. And I think in the springtime when that... that uh, update comes to the network we're going to definitely see some some changes and hopefully we'll get back to ethereum hopefully being i hope to see it in the 5000s to 6000s by uh spring i definitely think we can get there i still think you know mid fours by end of the year is certainly doable if not higher uh, it just depends on some of the different updates and how the the overall crypto space is doing um, you know, still with uh, Coinbase and all and everything else out there where people can get a little bit more uh, of a feel for what's going on and some of the other blockchain companies that people can trade. Uh, and once we get an ETF from, uh, you know, the government, once that gets approved, I definitely think the crypto space is going to rally to where, you know, as a consumer investor or retail investor, you can go on to your brokerage and buy an ETF that that <clears throat> excuse me that holds Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, you know, Polkadot, Uniswap, any of them in an ETF to where you can just click buy on your uh, Fidelity or Schwab E Trade and purchase this ETF that holds all these different coins. Because uh, I still think a lot of people don't know how to use a crypto brokerage or they're skeptical about holding their money in these versus an ETF is going to be a, a lot more simple to uh, of an investment that people are more familiar with to get into that crypto space. So once we see that, I definitely think we're going to see some, some upward pressure, some uh, catalyst to go higher. It's certainly going to help the space. So with uh, the Alonzo rollout of the smart contracts and then uh, Ethereum, uh, the smart contracts coming with ETH 2.0 in the spring. We're, we're definitely going to see some uh, some upgrades, and I, I hope to see uh, the overall market be moving in that direction to where more people understand it and more people are using it. And then hopefully when we get those ETFs, um, hopefully those will uh, also make it more realistic, if you will, to the average investor that does not necessarily want to be directly holding coins but wants to be in a fund that holds these coins. Okay, so what what am I looking at this week? Um, you know, I guess as far as what I had uh, orders on and some of the different things I'm seeing. Um, 
well, one, I wanted to also mention the uh, the pre-market has been hectic lately. Um, like this morning, we were down. Uh, I was down a, a couple grand in the pre-market before the market even opened. Uh, then the market opened, and I was still down. And then it it just swung wildly to the upside. And then I closed the day up, you know, fifteen hundred bucks or so. So it's. It's very crazy in the pre-market right now. It used to be, or not always used to be, but sometimes in the in the pre-market you would see, you know, a, my, a mild gain or a mild loss, or you know, if it was a you know a complete sell-off, it, it generally the whole day went the way the pre-market was looking. But lately, it's been the pre-market's been great. And then it'll sell off hard or the opposite. I mean, like when uh, ChargePoint announced their earnings, they were 24 something in the pre-market and then they opened at like 22. It was a, a big difference from, you know, from 24 to 22. And now they're uh, they're trading down. Um, I bought some more ChargePoint this morning at 20.55. And I'm going to see where they're at right now. Let me see here. So charge point closed the day at 21.22. So I bought it 20.55. It's up 75 cents. Uh, it's small add to this position. Nothing, nothing crazy. Um, Ten shares or so. Um, so the other things I was buying today was Enphase. I bought more Enphase uh, early in the morning. Uh, limit order triggered. I bought it at 152, and it closed the day at 160. So I'm up eight bucks a share on Enphase. And I definitely see this one as being able to run back up to the 190s to 200s real quick. It's done this move multiple times now. Um, and I've been buying every dip that I've had on Enphase. Um, it's also another bigger position for me. So I'm, I'm adding when it gets into the 150s, 160s. And the analyst upside on this is 28%, 28.88%. Average price of 206, high price of 238, low of 157. Uh, I think once the uh, the microprocessors and the, all the chip issues get sorted, they're going to be off to the races because they've got a lot of orders in backlog that they haven't been able to to produce. So once that kind of opens, I, I think we're going to be off to the races with them. Um, you know, if you're looking for solar, or anything like that, they are uh, one of the the top providers. They're kind of the the premier uh, solar company that does whole house units and chargers and batteries and everything like that. Um, also added to uh, Palantir at twenty three fifty this morning, and then they closed twenty at twenty five eighty three. So I guess my my point of what I'm saying here is, when you see these market opens and you you get these um, and these these limit orders were already set last week, so they just happen to trigger today. Um, cause Palantir was in the 26s, I think, um, like Friday, I believe it was, they were in the 26s. So they had sold off some kind of weird news this morning, or like I said, the, the pre-market was just treating everything pretty negatively. Uh, so when I had this limit order trigger, and then by the end of the day, we're up almost 250 per share. Um, you got to take advantage of these and let the limit order work for you. Because when it when it comes down, it's not down long. Uh, let it come to the price where you want to buy it. Let the limit order do its thing. 
Uh, I mean, like I've said before, I'm not at my computer every second of every day. Uh, I do check on the phone, but I'm not always, you know, I kind of look at the market overall. I'm not looking each individual name all the time. I just kind of take a peek. So set the limit orders, let them work for you. Um, and then, you know, number, what do I got? I got Enphase, uh, Palantir. I bought some Enbridge, uh, Canadian pipeline company. Uh, and the XLE, the, the sector spider, the XLE, which is an ETF was one of the big gainers of the day. I meant to mention that also they're up close to 3% today. It's the biggest mover. Um, so I had, I had added some more here. It's a, got a high dividend. I think it's about six and a half percent ENB of a dividend yield. Um, wasn't such a big gainer, but, uh, bought at 39.70, closed the day at 40, 14. Uh, let's see what the analysts have on that one. And I'm not quite sure of the, the gain on this one yet, but I know as far as part of my reasoning is I, I think uh, they had been punished a little bit and they definitely have that yield and they are uh, trading at a 16 PE and I wanted to, to bump up some of my dividend numbers. So that, they've got a 13% upside analysts have it at a 4533. So, um, 12% upside, 6% yield. I'll take, I'll take 18% all day. Uh, got no complaints buying that one. And, uh, what else did we do? Click back over to my orders page here. Um, I know I'm looking at Johnson and Johnson after some of the sell-off last week with the, um, White House saying that they're going to be limiting the amount of money that some of the drug companies can make. But, uh, Johnson and Johnson's got so many different arms. They have the medication, they've got medical devices, they've got uh, just a consumer division to where, you know, your band-aids and things like that. So you've got all these different angles that Johnson and Johnson can attack from. They've been operating a lot better after some of the lawsuits with uh, the talcum powder and things like that. Uh, so I definitely see that one is a, uh, a safe spot. And I think the healthcare sector as a whole is going to be a safe spot in the next year. So I'm buying this dip. Um, so I'm, I've, that one has not triggered yet. I'm looking at that one though. Um, what do we got? We got Neo. I think I already went over this one, bought at 35 this morning, closed at 38, 39. So another, another gainer on the day. And uh, those are, oh, nope, sorry. Those executed. Here we go. Uh, SoFi purchased. I was reading off the wrong sheet. SoFi got purchased. Planet 13 got purchased. ChargePoint and uh, Enphase. So I've got some different different orders that uh, did purchase today. The other ones are open. So my fault on that. Um, but like I said, these uh, the open orders are, uh, are ready to roll for whenever the market gets to where I want to buy at. So I'm not, not sweating it if it buys or if it doesn't. I'm letting the price come to me. And, uh, that's definitely a good spot to be to where you're not emotionally attached to the, I got to buy it now, or I'm going to miss this deal. There's always something that's on sale or always something that's running. If it ran too hard, just try not to chase it. Um, so that's what I got. Uh, what I'm looking at end phase. I'm waiting for a firm to come down. Definitely would like to get that one on a pullback. Neo, uh, healthcare companies in a in a nutshell. Johnson and Johnson, AbbVie. I'm looking at all of them. Uh, SoFi, still looking to add that one in the 14s. 
Uh, PLNHF is Planet 13 Holdings. That is a uh, marijuana play. I'm buying that in the four, uh, $4 range. I bought it at $4.65. Um, so that one is, is definitely kind of a long term. They're in uh, Nevada. They're expanding out to California. And I think now they're trying to get into Texas. So they are uh, a kind of a premier uh, dispensary that's going to be serving all those areas. And ChargePoint, like I said, I'm I'm still trying to build out that position little by little. And uh, you know, if as the price comes to me, that's when I'm waiting and and making the purchases on these limit orders. Uh, so that's pretty much what I got for you guys today. Thank you for uh, stopping by and and hearing me talk about these uh, these different names and these different uh, news items. Uh, please make sure to like and subscribe and. Uh, you know, if you want to support the channel, I greatly appreciate that on the uh, the anchor link, uh, anchor.fm. And uh, thanks for stopping by. Have a good one, guys. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.